<laughs> you want your five star matches? <laughs> you want your thirty minute classics? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Mead Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Randall Beatley. Um, just a quick shout out. Go find me on TikTok. Go find me on Twitter at We2Deep413. You can go follow me there. Um, I don't post a lot on TikTok anymore um, for a few reasons. One, I have I I don't like TikTok as an app to be honest with you. It's fun to sit there and scroll around, but the wrestling community there is just oh I don't know how to explain it nicely without uh using a lot of negative words. There's just a bunch of negativity in the TikTok world, which is what I was really creating content for over the last you know six to eight months. On TikTok was to focus, you know, I'm going to create content on wrestling. And it just, I'm, I'll use TikTok to scroll and watch funny videos. But outside of that, I don't want to, I don't want to hear the IWC's wrestling opinions. A lot of times they're so negative. They cry all the time. We'll talk more about that later down the line. You've heard me, like the biggest thing that's consistent about me when I do podcasts is, I complain about the fans all the time. Wrestling fans, and when I'm talking about fans, I'm not talking about the the casual fans who just sit here and, and watch the show because it's entertainment to them. I'm talking about the fans that take this shit serious. Like the hardcore fans who buy all the buy all the merchandise, buy the toys, buy right, buy the shirts, go to every show and sit there and, and act like the result of WWE product or AEW product changes how they live their life. Like there are people out here like Tony Khan saved my life and he may or may not have. I just think it's a little bit weird that you're so concerned with how the product is booked. Like I've never seen anyone and maybe this is just because I hang out with, with normal people. <laughs> but I've never been a big fan of of people like critiquing tv shows as if like oh my god did you see that so-and-so died i'm never watching the show again cool don't watch but you're not in control like this doesn't affect your life right so same thing with wrestling like if like i'll go back to the prime example the first video i actually made in wrestling for tiktok was a response to someone crying after matt riddle lost the his championship match on SmackDown against Roman Reigns. And she was just sitting there crying. Riddle should have won. Riddle this, Riddle that. And, I'm, right, and I made a response video to it. And that's what really got me into wrestling TikTok and, and to consider being a creator. Because um, before that, I had posted videos. But just like how I make podcasts, Right, I don't make podcasts to get viewership. I get I make podcasts so that I can clear my mind of everything that I think of. Uh, I I would literally explode if I had no outlet to express how my thoughts were. Uh, same thing with TikTok. Then, like I would watch TikTok and I would just create random videos of things that I would think of. Right. And sometimes I talk about politics and sometimes I would try to tell funny jokes, but it was solely for me. It wasn't to get viewership. Like so many people, like you posted so many videos that have like a hundred views. Yeah. Cause I'm not trying to get views. 
I don't care about subscribers and right at the end of the day, I don't care about the numbers. I care about people who actually care about like what I'm talking about. So if you're, you know, if you're a day one listener, I appreciate you. Don't even know where that tangent was going on. I do that a lot. <laughs> um, let's get back to wrestling though. Um, so yeah, find me on TikTok. I don't use it a lot. Find me on Twitter. I don't use it a lot that much, but every now and then I'll tweet something. Again, um, TikTok will probably be the best source for getting to talk to me or seeing my thoughts on social media for wrestling. TikTok would be the better of the ideas. My Twitter is more political, more um, personal than I, I don't really necessarily talk about wrestling a lot there or where I really talk about wrestling, and I'm sure Nerdy D will appreciate this and, and will be fine with me doing this, um, go to the Discord. Uh, Nerdy D, Notorious Nerdy D, I've mentioned it in the last episode, I'll mention it again now, he created a Discord called the Casual Community. And it's not just for wrestling fans, literally anyone can talk, we, we talk about sports, video games, he does stuff on his channel about like different food stuff, which are pretty cool segments. Um, and so if you go to the casual community YouTube page, um, by notorious nerdy D you, he'll post his discord link in the description of his YouTube. Join that. If you want to know my actual thoughts as it's happening on wrestling, that's the best place because I'm 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 done with TikTok. I'm not posting content that much on TikTok. I'm just done doing it. Uh, Twitter, like I said, is more personal than 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 wrestling. Um, so the Discord's the best place to you know ask me questions, see my thoughts, see my opinions, and it's also just a fun place to uh, to hang out. This past weekend, when we were discussing WrestleMania, was fun. It was fan like getting together with people, right, and and discussing ideas, and you could see the different flows of ideas from different people, and having discussions like that. It made it a lot more enjoyable, then, and because it was respectable, it was a, it was very respectable conversation, right. But you post some of the things that I posted in there, on on TikTok, right, and the IWC will come after you. So, so. With that being said, let's actually get into what I had planned. This is why I, this is why I need to plan the show. If not, I would just do an hour show dissing the IWC. Um, the last thing I'll say about them is my cup is overflown with the tears of the IWC. Uh, um, I should be hydrated by now with all the tears that I've been basking in since Sunday when Roman Reigns retained. Um, and we've already talked about that. We're, what, what we're going to talk about today, we're going to do a very big news story. Give my opinions on that. You should know what it is. It is the UFC WWE uh, situation. And then I'm going to talk about Raw after WrestleMania and then I'm going to do a new segment, which I'm going to do every Wednesday, is called Questions from the Discord. And what is very cool about this Discord that I just mentioned is that everyone is a community. They want to know everyone's opinions, and a lot of people ask really cool questions. So I'm going to pull my favorite one or two, maybe three questions for the week. And give my opinion. So, if you want to know my opinion on something, first off, if you're already in the Discord and you said you listen, I appreciate you guys. Um, if you're if you're listening and you're not in the Discord, um, again, go to the Casual Community YouTube page. First off, subscribe to him. He's like, I'll be honest with you, I just got done listening to his his episode that um, just posted. Uh, so it's nine seven. It's about nine twenty a.m. here when I'm recording it. His audio version dropped at around eight when I woke up, so I listened to it because I wanted to 
he titled it uh, Vince McMahon is back. And so I wanted to see his opinions on the Vince McMahon situation, knowing that I was going to talk about the Vince McMahon situation. And I wanted to see if I was thinking of it the right way. I do that a lot. He's the only podcast that I go to to make sure that I'm on the right thought path. And in some way, shape, or form, I really trust his opinion. He has very great opinions. Nerdy D does. So go subscribe to him. But he, he doesn't just talk wrestling, right? Which is cool. Um, and he he moves into, uh, uh, you know, food, like I said, again, go subscribe to his Discord. Let's grow this community. It is very community-based um, where we're just here. We're hanging out. We're, we're having discussion. And that's fine. Right, but let's move into to the wrestling segment. What you came for? The point of me saying that is, you want a question, you want to ask me, you have to join the Discord. I mean, you could ask it to me in the comments or whatever, um, or you know, on Twitter or whatever. But um, if you want to really get to know my answers and ask really cool questions, I'm gonna pull one or two from the Discord every week, and we're gonna discuss them. I think it's going to be a cool segment. It's going to give me something to talk about. Um, but let's break forward. We all know WWE and UFC are merging. Um, I'm not exactly certain the details of is it a sale? Is it a merger? Are they? I'm not a like. I'm not big into the business world like that. I'm assuming it's a that Vince McMahon. Merging with UFC to form this new company owned by Endeavor gave Vince McMahon some large sum of money, I'm assuming. Um, So here's my thing. I don't want to be the judge of this decision two days removed from it happening. But I do want to say something. If we go back to the Saudi Arabia ordeal where we, we woke up one morning or we were... Uh, where was I? It was late at night when the, when the news broke um, that Saudi Arabia was potentially buying uh, the WWE. And everyone flipped out. And then it came out that it wasn't sold, right? And I said, I said, I said this, my, my, my opinion on the matter at the time was they're looking to sell. But, but here's my thing. I've been saying for the last year, I've been saying for the last year, maybe year and a half, at least to myself, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, um, but I've been saying for at least the last year and a half to myself and to my friends, WWE is going to sell soon, that they bring, that the Nick Khan hire was strictly to negotiate a sale. Um, and that Vince McMahon was looking for an opportunity. And what I truly believe is, is he made up the Saudi rumor. He posted it, he leaked it, or he had someone leak it to create a market for WWE. And then obviously we, we get this merger where UFC and WWE are going to merge under one sports entertainment company owned by Endeavor, which I looked into Endeavor. They own a lot of uh, a lot of things. They they um, they own the IMG Academy, which if you're a big high school sports fan, IMG is one of the premier um, sports academies schools. Like they're literally there for sports. Um, you know, you have people all across the world, or not the world, but all across the country go there for football, go there for basketball because you get recruited. You go to big time colleges. You you know, they p- set you up. That I mean, IMG is so good. I remember this story one time. IMG scheduled an exhibition game uh, against the team in Canada. Um, on their schedule and beat the ever living breaks off of this team. It was like 96 to zero. Um, IMG is a premier high school, especially football, but in basketball sports school, they are owned by Endeavor. Um, if you're a minor league baseball fan, 
uh, Endeavor owns a company, I think it's called Diamond Sports Group, I think it's what it's called, who owns nine minor league baseball teams, including the Gwinnett Stripers. So if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, you'll know these teams. The Gwinnett Stripers, Rome Braves, Mississippi Braves, Augusta Green Jackets. That's the entire uh, farm system of the Braves. They own the Iowa Cubs. They own the Portland Sea Dogs, the, the Salem Red Sox, which I am I I know who they are because I'm a Red Sox fan. So those are our farm teams, the Sea Dogs, and the Salem Red Sox. They own the Hudson Valley. Uh, I don't remember the actual mascot for it, but it's the Yankees. I think Triple A team. They own the Midland uh, Rockhounds. Is that the na- name of the team? I don't know, but in Midland, Texas, they own like nine minor league baseball teams. They own a lot. Uh, um, and so Endeavor has done, they're a big company. They got a lot of money. And so I'm not going to judge whether this is a good deal for WWE or a bad deal for WWE right now. I'm going to give it some time to play out. And, 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 and the cool thing about, about, um, letting time pass is, you know, when we get 10 years down the road, we can look back at this decision and say, eh, that was a good decision or a that was a bad decision for WWE. Um, we do that all the time. Like, you know, Toys R Us is coming back, but it, it declined and, and failed a couple years ago. And you could look back on Toys R Us and what caused them to fail? Well, they sold their entire online catalog to Amazon, right? Where Am- Because Toys R Us didn't think that online shopping would be as big as it as it eventually became. And Amazon was ahead of that game. And so what Amazon did was they said, hey... You don't have to create your own online catalog. You don't have to sell from your website. What we'll do, Toys R Us, is you can list your online catalog on Amazon. We'll sell your goods for you online. We'll ship them and do all of that, and we'll take a a small commission. And what ended up happening is everyone went online to buy, and physical Toys R Us weren't, right? And so they, they sunk, right? And so looking back mainstream, like like back in the history, well, we realized, hey, that was a mistake. I think when we look back on this decision, we'll recognize that this is a beneficial thing. Because understand this, there's money in Endeavor. Endeavor has money, and they're, they almost, I don't even know, they significantly, I don't know the numbers, but they significantly raised the uh, uh, the value of UFC. And I think the same thing can happen with WWE here, with Endeavor involved. What I do know, and what has come out, is of this new company. Understand, WWE, UFC, they're merging, they're forming one company. It's unnamed at the time. There's a process for this to happen. If I understand uh, enough, the SEC... Um, the government has to approve the merger. Um, it's not officially done yet. It's probably going to happen on the back end of the year. Like I said, there's a process for this to happen. Um, there's also a, I just read this article the other, uh, last night, actually, right before I went to bed, that there is a law firm, um, that's investigating, uh, the, the merger, to make sure that WWE is doing everything they can to give their like f- doing their their financial duty and making sure that the shareholders are getting the most of their money, the most for their shares, right? Um, and and so there's a lot that has to go through before this merger officially happens. Um, and so I. Until we get a new name and all of that, we'll see what happens. But So I'm not going to judge it. But what we do know is of this new company, uh, the owner of Endeavor, I can't think of his name right now. I think it's Ari, um, what is his, I don't know his last name. I, I What I do know about his Ari is his brother, oh, Ari Emanuel. Uh, his brother, Rom, was governor of Chicago. I do know about that. Rahm Emanuel, if you know about him. Um, I did a big deep search on this to, to get some information because I didn't, no one was sharing a whole bunch of information. All the wrestling fans were sharing was, oh my God, Vince McMahon's back in control. 
right? So Ari Emanuel will remain, you know, like owner of Endeavor. He's going to remain out of the creative process. Um, Vince McMahon will be the executive chairman of this new company. What that means is he's like third in control of Endeavor, from what I understand. Um, and I could be wrong, but this is just my understanding of it. Like he is the executive chairman of, right? So you have like Endeavor's owner, Rom, and then some other guy in between. And then Vince McMahon, like Vince McMahon is now Dana White's boss, right? Because Dana White is president of UFC. He will remain president of UFC. Nick Khan will remain president of WWE. And then they're bringing in some other you know, chief financial stuff. Triple H is the chief content officer, as I think what his title is. Um, and what that means, I don't know, but I've, basically he's going to be doing the busy work. He basically, he's going to go from being in charge to doing all the busy work. Um, to me, I don't know if anything will actually change um, about the product itself from what we are used to with Vince McMahon booking time will tell for what it seems like is that Endeavor is going to not really force any decisions to be made, but Endeavor will own 51% of the company with the WWE shareholders owning 49%. Um, so that's what we know about the situation. What we can also know, what we do also know now what's been released is WWE is now under the creative control of Vince McMahon. And we all knew this was going to happen. If it sold, it was going to sell to someone who would put Vince McMahon. And because Endeavor owns 51%, Vince has a, a little scapegoat here. They put me back in charge. Right? They put me back in charge. Um, it's, it, right? And so... Vince McMahon appears very strongly, and, and we'll get to get to Raw here in a minute, but it appears that Vince McMahon is back in Gorilla, back calling the shots, and and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, time will tell. Um, I will say this, Vince McMahon and Triple H, there wasn't much booking-wise like in the actual decisions on the show that were very different, but what was different was from what I've read and what I've been, what I'm seeing on the internet and, and all the news is that the morale difference is very apparent that when Vince is there, morale is very down. And when triple H was there, triple H is more of a people person from what it seems. He's able to relate to some people. Uh, triple H is, you know, he's one of the, I've always said this, that when, uh, when you get someone who's been one of the boys, they're a little bit more understanding of of when they're when they become a manager. For example, um, I've I've managed several you know restaurants through my career as work. I'm no longer in the restaurant industry, thank God. <laughs> but um, I started at the my first job was you know basic cook of this restaurant. And I worked my way up through the system to manager. And what I've recognized was is a lot of the managers that we had never had to be like I, I've remembered several managers who came in, didn't have to be a low minimum wage cook, just came in as a manager to the company. And they managed different than the person who had to work his way up. Like I was more understanding of the situation of the, the normal crew because I lived it. Um, you get a, I'll take an example from the sports world. Um, Dan Campbell is a, uh, the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Um, uh, I think he's the best coach. He's now the head coach, right? He used to play for the Detroit Lions. And, and I've said this um, when I talk about it to my friends. The reason Detroit is starting to win again is because they have a coach who understands not just how to play football, not just that he played so he understands how to how to play, but he played for Detroit. He understands the city of Detroit, 
and he exemplifies that culture of Detroit. And because of that, he understands how important it is for them to win games because Detroit, you know, historically hasn't been that good of a franchise. And if if Detroit wins a Super Bowl under Dan Campbell, they will build a statue of the man. I promise you that. It doesn't matter if he loses every game after they win the Super Bowl. They will they will build a statue of Dan Campbell if if they make it to the Super Bowl and win. My point in saying this is. Vince McMahon has never had to be one of the boys. And so he's strictly looking at this from a business perspective. What makes best decisions for business? Um, And he, whereas Triple H, he's been one of the boys. He worked his way up and quite honestly had to work his way back into the favor of Vince McMahon after, in 1996-97, where you know Stone Cold won the King of the Ring and Austin 316 was born, that was supposed to be Hunter Hearst Helmsley who won that. But if you know your, you know if you understand that the curtain call happened, if you don't know what the curtain call is, um, Scott Hall and um, Kevin Nash were leaving for WCW, and in their last, it was a house show, I believe at Madison Square Garden. I could be wrong. Um, this was, it happened before I was born, by the way. Um, this is just me reading and, and, you know, watching documentaries and stuff. Uh, the last match that Kevin Nash and Scott Hall had in WWE, um, but I don't remember exactly what the match was, but the match ended and Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley and all of them embraced in the ring. And at that time, you just didn't do that because you were enemies. And Vince was upset. Vince pulled the pulled the plug on the push of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. He was supposed to win King of the Ring. Instead, we get Stone Cold at in the in the end of time. Did that hurt the product? No, because it gave him Stone Cold. But Triple H literally at one point had to earn his way back into the graces of management. And so he, I think he truly understands the how a lot of these wrestlers feel. So from a morale standpoint, um, I think Triple H is a better person in charge. Now his booking isn't like like everyone's putting Triple H as like he's the best booker ever. No, he's not the best booker. The, I mean, he. there was a point in time, remember, going into Royal Rumble, he had nine weeks to tell a story and he told nothing, right? Even going into WrestleMania, you had a, a, a long setup from Royal Rumble through WrestleMania to build legitimate storylines. And like we said on the last episode, we got maybe seven legitimate segments with two missed segments that we keep in and, and right? There should never, here's my opinion. We should never enter into WrestleMania needing to have a showcase match. We should, right, with, right, that should never be a story. That should never be a match. A match with zero storyline that it's just to put bodies on the card. Going into your biggest show, right, when you had two months to book stories, you should never have to have showcase matches. That's just my opinion. Um, so we talk about the Raw after Mania. It's very evident Vince McMahon was in charge here. And it's just, the show was awkward because you had two people. Event, essentially, you had Triple H who booked out. I like Triple H's booking style better. He plans out into the future, it, it seems, where he knows where he's at and he knows where he's going. It's just the details in between that he messes up sometimes. Um, whereas Vince McMahon will know where he's at. He'll write a week of show 15 times, change it while they're filming live. And just throw stuff at the wall. And if it sticks, it sticks. And if it doesn't, well, then we'll we'll act like it didn't happen and we'll try something new, right? And so I do like Triple H's booking style better. I just don't want to praise him as the greatest booker ever. I would prefer Triple H over Vince. I'll be completely honest. I'm, as a fan, and, right, and, I, and I'll say this, I'm a WWE fan, right? 
I'm a little scared at what we're going to get with Vince back in control. Because there's there's certain things about Vince that we know. He holds grudges. Uh, He holds grudges. And so, like, he held a grudge against Sting for never jumping ship, right? And so when Sting came to fight Triple H, because, because Sting represented WCW, there was no way in hell Sting was ever going to win, right? And I feel the same way about Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes helped build AEW. Is Cody Rhodes ever going to win that title? Or is Vince just going to milk him for the money and never really... You, Cody should be champion. He deserves to be champion. Um, I don't believe he should have won at WrestleMania, but he does deserve, you know, to get that redemption story arc and then to win the belt. But I wonder, is he going to? Right? Vince wasn't high on Gunther. Is he going to destroy everything that Triple H has built with Gunther? Right? Vince McMahon isn't really high on some of the... The other guys that are we gonna, are we going to get cuts? Are some of my favorites going to to get cut? Like what what's going to happen with Vince in charge? I'm a little bit uh, on at the end of the day though. If the product is good, I don't care who's running it. I just want a good product. With Vince though, it, it, it be, there becomes a point where he does do some stupid shit. And, and a lot of it doesn't make sense. There's no way to think logically, right? At least Triple H was trying to use some logic. The logic, you know, wasn't the best. But Triple H tries to book with some logic with, with, with storytelling in mind. Vince McMahon doesn't really. Again, I don't care who's in charge as long as we get good characters, good gimmicks, good stories, and a good show. Um, but let's talk about Raw after Mania. I'll say this. This was completely opposite of what I just said I wanted. Especially being a Raw after WrestleMania. So here's what I said. Because it's Raw after WrestleMania, a show that I've been to in person. Orlando, Florida after WrestleMania 33. If you don't remember it, Roman started the show. Uh, He just got done the night prior beating The Undertaker. Now let me tell you something. If you want to hear a crowd go silent... If you've ever been to a wrestling event, much less WrestleMania, but if you've ever gone to like a Raw or SmackDown, the event's over, the crowd's rambunctious. There, I live in Charlotte and, and in North Carolina, so every show I go to, everyone for some reason feels like wooing the entire show because we're in the Carolinas. And so it's woo all the damn time. It's annoying. I hate it. I hate it. I hate that I live in North Carolina as a wrestling fan because all everyone ever thinks of is, is Ric Flair and there's a lot more wrestling history here than Ric Flair. Um, and so, right, but this WrestleMania, right, was the only time after a show the entire crowd was silent. There was not a fucking peep. You could hear fucking mouse scamper if there were mice in the stadium. We're not in Jacksonville. We were in Orlando. Sorry, Jags. You might want to clean your stadium, though. That's a football joke. Um, and I'll explain it. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars rated very low on cleanliness of their stadium when they did the, the stadium reporting, and there were reports of rats in the stadium. Tony Khan, clean up your football stadium. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you could hear a pin drop. Um, everyone was crying. It was insane because we literally thought Undertaker was done. And it pisses me off. He should have been done here because this was a moment. This was a moment. And now it doesn't mean nothing because they sucked out some more money from Undertaker before they left him bone dry to retire. And even now that he's retired, they're still sucking money out of him by putting on these dead man events where he where he tells the tales from, from the dead man. Let the man fucking rest, man. But anyway, again, no need to go down that rabbit hole. I've been to WrestleMania, or all after WrestleMania, right? So we just left crying our eyes out. The Every fan that I witnessed, including myself, Undertaker lost. We were, first off, dead silent once it happened. Undertaker leaves his hat and his coat in the middle of the ring, and we think he's done. We're all crying our fucking eyes out. 
as we're leaving, it's the most silent I've ever left that I've ever witnessed a stadium be. It was eerily quiet. Like it was like spooky quiet. And we come in the next night, the next night, we're all after mania knowing this is exciting. First of all, we got your, the European crowd is just great by the way. Now at the time I didn't enjoy it, but I should have, uh, looking back at it, it was a great night. Um, and we booed Roman Reigns for 15 minutes straight. He literally could not talk. Um, Roman Reigns started the show, right? So I've been to Raw after Mania. So I have high expectations because I know what it's supposed to be like. You get debuts, you get returns, you get new storylines. This Raw after Mania, we got literally none of that. The show was awful. It became background noise for me. To the point that I didn't even realize that Seth Rollins' segment got cut until I was scrolling through through TikTok this morning. I don't even remember half of the show um, other than the three or four segments that I'm going to talk about here. Um, but apparently Seth Rollins, and again, I watched this live. I stayed up the whole three hours, but I wasn't an active participant because it was just, it was awful. But apparently Seth Rollins' music played, they went to commercial, and he was out of the ring. And Vince McMahon literally cut his segment while the dude was in the ring. That's fucking insane, Vince. You know how insane that is? To to have a dude go to the ring, cut like have him sing his song, cut to commercial, and then he's gone? That's insane, Vince. <laughs> That's insane. What I realize is I had way too many too high of expectations for debuts or returns. And what I've realized is is there wasn't anyone to debut. There wasn't anyone to return outside of Riddle who did return. But you take out the high expectations of expected returns or expected debuts. The show was still bad. If this if we take out the idea that this was supposed to be the best Raw of the year and we just say this was a Raw, that this was an episode of Monday Night Raw, it was still a bad episode from ju- the way I judge normal Raw episodes, this was still very bad. There was no storyline development for the most part. There was no character development. Nothing happened of substance on this show. Um, and, and, and this is the thing that kills me about Vince is he changes the script while they were live on the air. You can't do that. You can't go into a show and say, here's your script. Oh, guess what? Never mind. I uh, know we're an hour and a half into this. And Seth, you're supposed to go on next, but we're cutting your segment. Sorry. Insert this. You can't do that. You have to give your people a chance to to at least have an opportunity to excel. If you're going to make a work environment where your where your superstars can't even know what is going on on the show while it is live you would expect while the show is live for nothing to change i can somewhat forgive you know 2 3 hours before the show changing it but when the show is live that's it's supposed to be finalized my dude that way we know what's going on like i can't even imagine not just the superstars but the cameramen the, the people running sound, the people, you know, holding the cameras, the people who have to, like, do, do the production of the show in the truck. I can't even ma- imagine how stressful that job is with Vince McMahon when, when, when you're being told, you know, here's the script on paper in front of you, and you're being told, no, we're axing that segment three minutes before the segment even comes on. Like, like last-minute changes. Like, I can't even imagine how stressful that situation is. So I can understand why morale is low. And there's reports of people who are either looking for ways to get out of their contract, looking for ways to, you know, either asking for their release or saying, you know what, I'm not resigning. I'm going to work out the rest of my contract. Apparently, Drew McIntyre's contract ends at the end of this month. 
I'm kind of okay personally with him leaving because I, he's better than where he's at and he's not going to be anywhere better than what he's at right now in WWE. I don't know if AEW is a place for him. Kind of hope not because he, he, he's he's too big. I'll be honest with you. Right, where WWE is like where the Giants play, and AEW is where where you have to, you know, I make the joke it's all friends wrestling, and I don't know how close McIntyre is to to the to the Queefs or I mean, sorry, the Elite, uh, and uh, but yeah, so oh, I will say. There were two segments. There were two segments in this entire show that I enjoyed. The first one was Rhea versus Bianca. Now, I enjoyed it because when uh, when Rhea won, right, and, and Bianca, right, I was like, now we need to have this sort of unification of the women's division. What I mean by that is literally one belt. Create a, create a mid card belt and have one main event belt for both brands. Um, there's there's obviously not a care in the world for the women's division to begin with. So what I would do is I would scrap the tag team belt. I would create a mid card belt, and I would uh, unify the two world uh, the women's champion belts, and you would have a WWE undisputed women's champion. And this would be a banger of a match between Rhea and, and, and Bianca. They've been teasing it for several months whenever they interact with each other. And so when Bianca's music played, she came out. Rhea came out. I was saying they're, they're going to announce the match. They're going to unify the titles. We're going to get one belt. Like, and they're going to really start working on this women's division. And they, they, they teased it, but they said it's sometime in the future. And I hope it's not another year. The, the latest this feud can can happen to where I'm interested is SummerSlam. If this is not the SummerSlam match, if they're planning on Rhea versus Bianca, you know, at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or next year's Mania, you've done lost me because that's too much of a... Uh, like, this match needs to happen now while both of them are hot on fire, and we need to have the match now. Um... So, but that match, it was interesting because that, that was some of some storyline there. You saw Raquel look at Rhea as she was leaving from her dumbass tag match. We don't, don't even get me started on that. So it could be Rhea versus Raquel to, to be the next feud on SmackDown. Um, but the really, the only segment that did anything was the main event that was not really a match. It was just... Brock destroying the ever-living shit out of Cody. And I enjoyed that on a personal level um, because Cody, to me, is a little bit annoying (laughs) in that this was my feeling when he was on AEW as well is he was just always there. And, and like, he he would lose a title match and then he would pop up and, like, I want a rematch. And it's the same gimmick that he was in AEW that annoyed me so much, and he would he, he cries every promo. He cries every promo, and it bothers the shit out of me. <laughs> and so, I'm not a big Brock fan. I honestly would wish Brock would go away, but Brock is money, and whenever he's there, it, it's a it's a good opportunity. And Vince is back, which means he's going to keep Brock happy, and he's going to be in the main picture. But Brock, ever living, destroying the shit out of Cody, just. Made my night, um, but but and what also made my night is all the IWC, including my very own brother. Um, which look, I'll I'll support him as well. I'm all all about community here. I'm sure he's already posted this episode. He has a podcast called the Junkyard Podcast. I advise those who are looking at listening to it. He is part of the IWC. He's an AW fan. Like, he, he's the very antithesis of what I am as a fan. He loves the flips. He, he doesn't care about the story as much. He's been complaining about Roman Reigns for the last six months. Um, and so I, I warn you guys, when you go into that, that's the mindset you have to have when you listen to the podcast. 
to the Junkyard Podcast by my brother. His name is James. Um, and he, right, I'm sure he's already posted an episode about it, but he, he's been saying a lot of other people I've been seeing on, on the internet have been saying, that's how you bury, that's how you bury the potential biggest baby face. Like, they're so upset that Cody Rhodes gets beat because he could have had that John Cena uh, uh, face push where he was like the the biggest face on, on the company. And I need y'all to understand something. It doesn't bury Cody Rhodes. What it does is it causes him to get this sympathy. The crowd feels bad for him. Right? You saw the faces in the crowd that they were they were panning to with the hands on their faces. You give them the sympathy of the crowd. You then start a, for lack of better words, a resurrection of his character. A re- there it is, redemption, a redemption story where the where the king, right, the hero has fallen, right. You ever watch these stories and it's, you know, it's it's multi movies long and, and and you end one of the movies and the king looks like he's fallen, and I, and I hate to get religious, but even in religious sectors, this is how stories are told. The whole let's just say you don't. Let's just say you don't believe in Christianity. The whole Jesus uh, story, in, from a Jewish perspective, is the Jewish people are being oppressed. A king is going to come and save them from the evil Roman uh, conquerors. And But even on a spiritual level, that... Mankind is messed up and oppressed by, 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 by the devil. I don't know what the Jews consider. Like we would call him Satan. Um, the Jews don't necessarily. I don't know their full belief system, so I don't want to try to like insult them. But the point is, is that mankind is messed up, held by sin. Sin being the enemy, right? And that a Messiah was going to come on the scene. And, and save them not only from sin, but from the Roman oppressors. That's why they didn't see Jesus, you know, as a person. Like, if you understand history, and I don't, again, I don't want to get religious here. But, but, but to put my point, of, point across here, if this is how you tell stories, is even if, it, let's just say the, the Bible isn't true. If you just take it as a story from what it is, Jesus steps on the scene, right, he, right, and, and he's supposed to be the great savior. He's supposed to save them from from their sin, from their Roman. For, for, literally, though, the Jews literally believed that, um, and this goes back into their history. Um, the Maccabean Wars was when and, uh, King and Ty, I'm going to get. Uh, I'm a history nerd, by the way. You'll figure this out. But uh, this 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 will get my point across. Just, just listen. Uh, in Jewish history. Um, during the Greek Empire, um, leader Antiochus IV, he called himself Antiochus Epiphanes. He also called himself, like, uh, I don't know the Greek words for it, but it's like Theos uh, Antiochus or something like that, which basically meant like God in the flesh. Um, this leader, Antiochus IV, he came in, he destroyed the temple. If you understand anything about Jewish culture, they don't eat pork. He literally sacrificed a pig on their altar. You want to talk about disrespect? Like, if you, in wrestling words, this is the biggest heel of them all, right? And he, right, so he destroyed the temple. He put a, a statue of Zeus, sacrificed a pig on the altar to completely desolate the temple, right? And then at that time, a, a war broke out between the Jews and the, and the Greeks, and they were led by a man named Judas Maccabees, or, uh, or Judah Maccabee is another name that, that he's known by in, in history. And everyone, and like this is where Hanukkah comes from uh, with the Festival of Lights. After they won, they didn't have enough oil for the eight days, and so they went to go get more oil, and somehow the, the lights lasted, the oil that they had lasted for the eight days. And so that's where Hanukkah came, comes from, right? Oh, I put that history lesson aside. So, like, this is why Jews expected their Messiah to be a political leader. 
to be a military leader, and they literally expected their saving would be from Roman exe- Roman oppression, and that when the Messiah would come on, so, so when Jesus rode on on Passion Week, on the donkey, this was him claiming that he was king. And so they expected him to walk into this city. They're saying, Hosanna to the king. They expected him to walk into the city and to take over the Roman government and to completely defeat him, right? But what happens? That doesn't happen. He comes out and he speaks in spiritual ways and he dies. He gets put to death. And in this part of the story, it looks like the hero has fallen. But three days later, we know in the story that was told in the, right, if it's just a story, take it from just a story. I'm not trying to preach to you guys, right? This isn't a sermon. I'm just trying to show my point using a story that, first off, it's Easter week. So it's a story that's in the forefront of of a lot of people's minds. Um, But it's also the first story that I thought of when it comes to like, but you can think of any Greek mythology story where the hero comes and, and, and he looks like he's fallen, but he right? The whole idea is that the hero, like in good storytelling, the hero has to face some adversary. And Cody didn't have that until he met Roman Reigns. And he faced the adversary and he lost. And it looks like the, the adversary had won and the hero has lost. And then you get the resurrection or the redemption arc. And the hero wins in the end. All that long tangent to say that that's what's going to happen. Cody Rhodes will get the WWE Championship. But it's going to come with a redemption arc. And he's going to have to face some a lot of adversaries. Brock Lesnar's the next one in line. And this is a great feud. Because now you got a big heel in Brock Lesnar. And Roman can go take some time off. Roman doesn't have to be a part of traveling to... Puerto Rico and, and even Saudi, I'm sh- right, um, and even London, because because the next three pay per views are not on American soil. You got Backlash in Puerto Rico. You got King of the Ring in Saudi. You got Money in the Bank in London. So I'm assuming for the next three months, at least for pay per views, that Roman and the Bloodline aren't going to be on the card. That's just my assumption. Uh, and that we won't see Roman in the bloodline again on a pay-per-view card probably till SummerSlam. That's my assumption. I could be wrong. End of the day, this is classic storytelling. This is going long. I just realized that. Anyway, let's wrap this up with questions from the Discord. Um, our new segment that we're going to start. And again, how this is going to work. If you're in the casual community Discord, I'm taking two or three questions, whether asked directly at me or asked to other people and just questions that I enjoy, and we're going to discuss them. So the first one, it's a very good question. With Rey Mysterio being inducted into the Hall of Fame, will there be another masked superstar that will reach the level of Rey Mysterio? The simple answer is no. Um... I could end it there. I don't believe anyone will ever reach Rey Mysterio's level, but I also have to point to you why. Because Rey Mysterio by himself would not have gotten over in WWE. Lucha Libre, masked superstars, would not have gotten over by themselves in WWE. I just don't believe that it would have happened. Rey had two things going for him. One... He could speak English. I need y'all to understand that that's a very big thing in this company, right? You'll never see someone like, uh, like there's a reason Kyrie Sane left. She couldn't pick up English and she couldn't give a promo, right? Triple H was fine with letting EO Shirai or EO Sky, sorry, EO Sky, uh, talk in Japanese. But Vince McMahon isn't necessarily that, like, he does expect you to pick up the language. Um, and because the audience is American, they speak English for the most part. And that's not to say that it's, it's, it's bad, but if I'm making television for a, my, my, excuse me, a majority American audience, a majority English audience, 
you'd expect it to be in English. And that's not a, that's not a, uh, I'm fine with, with, like with Rey Mysterio during his speech talked in Spanish, right? With Bad Bunny, because Bad Bunny speaks mostly Spanish, right? I'm fine with that as like Damien Priest did a good job. I'll just say this. Damien Priest did a good job. He would speak in Spanish and then he would repeat it in English. From what I understand, now I'm not, I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know if like, he said something in Spanish and then he said something in English, like along the lines of "you shouldn't have gotten involved." So my assumption is that's what he said in Spanish. I could be wrong. I don't know Spanish. Uh, Vince McMahon comes back looking like a Spanish conquistador though with that mustache, uh, and uh, anyway, so I just so Rey Mysterio had that going for him. He could speak. He could speak English. But I think the biggest thing he had going for him is his friendship with Eddie Guerrero. Um, and I truly believe that. Rey Mysterio only became world champion because of Eddie. And WWE, being the, the, being the business that they are, they take tragedy and turn it into money. They took the tragedy of Rey Mysterio dying, or not, not Rey Mysterio dying, he's still alive. They took the tragedy of Eddie Guerrero dying, probably the biggest fan superstar, like, the fans loved this guy, right? And they took this tragedy that not only broke the hearts of the fans, but of all the competitors in the locker room, but especially Rey Mysterio, they took the tragedy of Re- Eddie Guerrero dying and turned it into a storyline for Rey Mysterio to win the championship. And whether what, what you think about that, that's a completely different topic. But I only think that Rey Mysterio got to the heights that he got in WWE was because Eddie Guerrero was his friend. And I believe while Eddie was alive, he was fighting for Rey to, to get over and... and of, Ultimately, when Eddie died, that is what made Rey Mysterio, you know, pop off and get that title run. And the fans then, if the fans loved him, I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. I hope so. The only one I could see, though, in WWE system right now is Dragon Lee. He will need to pick up the language because he can't speak English at all. Uh, Which I understand because he's wrestled most of his, if not all of his career in Mexico. Right, and so if he could pick up English, which is hard for adults to pick up, English is a hard language. The only like English is so hard that English speakers don't even know how to speak. Like I don't know all the the grammar rules of English. I didn't pay attention in, in English in high school. Uh, right, but I think English, from what my understanding is, is the second hardest language to learn behind Mandarin, because. We have so many words that, like, we have the word uh, there, right? And there's three spellings, and they all have different meanings, and, right? And so our, our language is hard. So if, if Dragon League could pick it up, I think he has the ability to do it. I just don't know. I, I don't believe we will have anyone on the heights of Rey Mysterio. Second question Will a feud with Brock Lesnar cause Cody Rhodes to lose fans? Now, now I have a a double-sided argument for this answer. Um, the answer is no, but I have two reasons for it. I don't believe this will cause Cody to lose fans. The first reason is... Because this, the storyline will get will, will give him the sympathy, like we were talking about. This is going to be the sympathy, hero has fallen, redemption story, right? And so the fans that, that hate Brock Lesnar and hate Roman Reigns, you know, they, WWE did a very good job. Um, well, I'll, I'll finish this in a minute. I'll finish this in a minute because my second reason is I don't believe that Cody has that many fans. What I mean by that is I don't know of anyone in the crowd who can honestly say that no matter what, without a doubt, there may be a few of them, but without a doubt that they are fans of Cody. I believe 
that Cody was cheered so much in this storyline because of who he was going against. They put him against Roman Reigns. And people were cheering for Cody not because they wanted Cody to win, but because they wanted Roman to lose. And so I don't believe that WWE is going to cost Cody any fans because the fans who love Cody will always love Cody. He has his niche of fans. Everyone else in the crowd that was cheering for him only wanted the bloodline to crumble and and that storyline to be over. And so WWE does a good job. You take away a guy they want to be done in Roman Reigns, and who do you put him with? Brock Lesnar. Who do you substitute the heel? Right? Because if Roman's not going to be on TV, you have to substitute Cody to have a feud with an equally just as despised heel, and you got him, and one night you made him with Brock Lesnar. This is perfect. This is perfect. Roman can go vacation or do whatever he wants to do for the next couple months. And Brock Lesnar can can be the most hated guy in the company for the next two to three months while he beats down Cody Rhodes. And eventually Cody Rhodes is going to beat Brock Lesnar. I think where the redemption happens is he wins money in the bank. Cody Rhodes is going to have to win money in the bank. And then he... he uh, I'm going to substitute him in. I'm... I, I feel that if when a face wins money in the bank, that they have to t- do the ultimate baby face move. And instead of secretly waiting to to cash in, to announce when they're gonna cash in. Right? When a when a face wins it, that's that that's the most uber baby face thing you can do. When a heel wins it, right, the whole idea of money in the bank being a secret cash in, that's a heel move. So when a face wins it, they can't be a heel and secretly come in and cash. I think Cody Rhodes wins it in London. I think Cody Rhodes wins money in the bank. I'm replacing him for Sammy at this point. Cause because my 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 the way I would have booked this is I would have had the Usos defeat Sammy and Kevin um and had Sammy then win money in the bank. However, you could still use this uh, this idea by putting um, Cody in this that that position, have him win Money in the Bank, and then him come and say, "Roman, you've had a nice break, but come de- come SummerSlam in Detroit, I'm finishing the story," and there you go. Right, that that's that is how you then give Cody another title shot, is by having him win Money in the Bank. Everyone's on this sort of scared mode that Brock's gonna Brock is gonna end up being champion again. That's not gonna happen. Brock is here in the meantime to get Cody the sympathy, and I think he's done. Um, for for now, even if it is just backlash and Saudi Arabia. Right, it just we just need two months of Brock, and Brock really only has to appear for the events and for like three shows. But I think he'll be here full th- because these are overseas shows. You, you, what you'll notice about Brock is he he loves a good payday, and so the overseas shows where where the crowd and like like you know when Saudi happens right when they go to Saudi they always have Brock on the card because the Saudis want to see Brock. And Brock gets a big payday for it, right? And so I'm sure they offered Brock a big payday to stay through the end of Saudi. And then, right? So what I imagine will happen is he'll beat Cody once, probably at Puerto Rico at Backlash. Cody will, will lose to Brock. And then what I see happening is him winning in Saudi beating Brock that right in the storyline being I beat my I beat one of my demons now I have to go beat the other one right I beat one adversary now I got to go beat the other one and he does that by winning money in the bank so no I don't believe Cody will lose any fans I think he'll gain true fans who love him but I also think a lot of people are cheering for him because of who he's fighting against um and so 
that, uh, that's about as complex as I can get with that answer. Um, yeah. So that's another episode. Um, again, I'll just go ahead and promote it again. The casual community discord is a great time. Come and join. Again, you can find that on the casual community YouTube page. Go to the description of one of the videos and, um, uh, click the link to join the discord. It's a fun time. People of multiple different opinions. We just have great conversation. Other than that, um, if you go to my TikTok again, that's we two d four one three. In my link tree link in the bio, I do have a merch shop. I'm not expecting you guys to buy anything, um, but it, it is there if you want to support. Um, and uh, other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, was I wrong on anything? Uh, was I right on anything? What do you guys think? I, I love the conversation. Um, I love it. Um, so other than that, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will see you next Wednesday with another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Um, until then, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>